Welcome to the Find Your Leadership Confidence Podcast with Vicki Nedling. You are about to discover impactful lessons that help you grow as an individual, grow your confidence, and find the positive and good within you, so you powerfully and authentically become the best version of yourself. Be sure you visit our website at www.findyourleadershipconfidence.com. While you're there, subscribe to us via your favorite network. Now tune in, get ready, and enjoy the journey of emerging as a leader of exception in the 21st century. Welcome everyone to the Find Your Leadership Confidence podcast. I'm your host, Vicki Nethling, coming to you from Roswell, Georgia. The goal of this podcast is to bring topics and guests that will empower you to become that confident leader and take your business or your life to the next level. Today, I am so excited to finally have on my show, Sarah St. John. Let me tell you a little bit about Sarah. She is an entrepreneur, a podcaster, online course creator, and author. She has created several startups throughout her entrepreneurial career of over a decade. She currently owns a podcast production agency called Podseam. She is also the podcast host of Frugalpreneur, building a business on a bootstrapped budget, which aims to show people how to launch and manage an online business on a budget. Our theme is the power of podcasting for business. Please join me in welcoming Sarah St. John. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, whatever it is that you're listening to this. Good day to Sarah St. John. Hello. Hi, thanks so much for having me. I appreciate it. Yeah, and and it's been a while since we originally scheduled so just a quick correction the the yeah. my company the name mm-hmm. has changed it's not pod seam now it's the pod planet but pod planet okay yeah. well, we'll correct that in the notes so people can get to that but take note everyone pod <laughs> is like p and planet capitalized uh-huh so it's the podplanet.com all right the podplanet.com excellent great name too Thank you. So we always start out with uh, another easy question, and that is, what is the part of country you call home? Where do you live? Uh, Dallas, Texas. Dallas, Texas. Mm-hmm. Yes, it's hot there. I, mm-hmm. I hear. I just interviewed somebody yesterday from the Dallas area, and they were saying uh, both. Well, both of us had in the '90s, your heat index was way more. <laughs> <laughs> Yes, you're visiting the triple digits already in July. Mm -hmm. All right, so we're going to get right into this. Um, I love podcasting, and so I'd love to have people that have been doing it longer than me. I've only been doing it for about a year and a half now, but um, it is one of my favorite things to do. So glad I decided to do this post-retirement. And I'd like for you, though, to explain how do you start an online business with just five dollars? Because it costs me a whole lot more than five dollars. <laughs> oh, yeah. So, I mean, every online business, I think the most important thing is to have a website, mm-hmm. obviously, <laughs> and a create an email newsletter or a, like a lead magnet as a way to get new leads and then send them um, a lead magnet. (laughs) Yeah. And then they'd be on your email list. Mm -hmm. So 
I mean, just starting out, you could get like a WordPress website, which is free. You just have to pay for hosting, which is as little as, you know, as little as maybe three bucks a month, depending on yeah. who you go with. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the email uh, service providers usually have some kind of free plan up to a certain number of subscribers. I use SendFox, which is actually free up to I think a thousand subscribers, but then they have like a a $49 one-time payment to get, you know, more subscribers. Mm -hmm. And um, I love SendFox, especially for like podcasters, YouTubers, bloggers, anyone like that, because you can connect your RSS feed or your YouTube channel and it'll automatically generate and send out newsletters with your new episodes ah Um, that's very cool yeah so um yeah so starting with five dollars you know a website and an email list really is all you need to get started um if you don't want to go the wordpress route there's like wix weebly squarespace those are probably more like twenty dollars a month maybe Mm -hmm. um but i know i have wordpress yeah. Yeah. There's a bit of a learning curve, but I think once you learn it, then it's worth doing WordPress because yeah. you can yeah. fully customize it. What I had, uh, the reason it cost me more than five bucks is I did a done for you. And so, oh, okay. Um, mm-hmm. It was, uh, it was pretty easy in three months. I had everything ready to go. So that was great. So if anybody's out there that, <laughs> doesn't want to do it yourself there are options but it costs more than five dollars <laughs> yeah exactly <laughs> <laughs> so how do you maintain though that online business for under a hundred dollars a month yeah so I've been able to maintain all my businesses online for under 100 um, because I will either go with software that's free mm-hmm um, or the free plan mm-hmm. and then only upgrade if and when I need to. Right. Um, other softwares I use, I've been able to work out a deal where I get it for free if I list them as like a featured um, resource, basically. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, so kind of a combination of either going with free software or... And that requires, you know, some digging around and comparing and Mm -hmm. all of that to see. Um, And then, you know, maybe for me anyway, and I don't know that this would work for everybody. It depends. (laughs) But working on a deal where you can maybe get the software for free in exchange for, you know, recommending that software on your mm-hmm. blog, your podcast, whatever right. it might be. Yeah, for sure. Mm-hmm. Uh, referrals are awesome. Always mm-hmm. to do. So why should you have a website and, and not just depend on social media platform? And, and whenever I started, I, it just never occurred to me not to have a website. I've been in business for a long, long time and, and uh, been doing the social piece of it and realized the hard way that you needed that website. But I was surprised how many people I come across now that only use LinkedIn as their um, website, if you will. So Mm -hmm. talk to us a little bit about why you believe they should have a website. 
Yeah. So a lot of people I know just use like a Facebook page for their business. And, you know, I think you should have a social media presence, of course, but the problem with just relying on that and not having a website is first of all, you don't own the, I mean, Facebook, whatever social platform it is, like it could go under overnight. Who knows? MySpace kind of did sort of (laughs) back however many years ago. Mm -hmm. I mean, you just never know. Or like maybe they shut your page down for whatever reason or content. Mm -hmm. Yeah. or, Or somehow it just gets all your content gets deleted somehow, or who knows? There's so many possibilities, but if you have your own website, you own that, you have control over it. Um, plus, it just looks more professional, in my opinion. Yeah. Like, when I'm trying to figure out who to do business with, like, say I need to hire somebody for something. Mm-hmm. If all they have is a Facebook page or something like that, and not an actual website, I just rule them out. Right. And move on to the next one. And, you know, maybe that's just me, but, <laughs> um, yeah, for you know, sure. cause there's so much competition out there and sometimes you're having to decide between multiple companies and that's just one of my, I like to have a website presence mm-hmm. uh, to look at even as, even as simple as and basic as it might be. But, um, yeah, so I think that's really important. Yeah, I know for me, when I built or had it built for me, I it was really focused on my podcasting and my courses and didn't really and doesn't yet have my coaching part out there where people could <laughs> say, I want you to be my coach. Mm-hmm. And so that's one of the things I know I'm going to be adding because I want to put out what it, it entails and all that stuff so people can become more informed rather than, okay, well, she says she's a coach. I don't really know what she offers. I guess I'll call and ask. And they're terrified to do that. I think sometimes. So um, in that respect, I think it's a nice way for people to get comfort to know whether they know, like, and trust you. Yeah, true. And you can customize a website so much more than Mm -hmm. a Facebook page, for example. So Mm-hmm. And, and one of the new things that I have, I, I'm with a group that has an app now. So everything that's on a website is on an app. And mm-hmm. so people are more app, <laughs> apt to have their phone in their hand. And so now all my courses, my um, summits and everything is all on this app and my joint venture partnering. So uh, again, I think you uh. have to keep on thinking going forward how can I be sure that people can find me? Mm-hmm. And if I'm, and I'm all about connection, that's what my main uh, superpower is, is to try to connect people with other people that can help them. And if mm. I can say, oh, wait, you're talking about this person. Wait there. Let me go down my directory. Oh, they're right here. And let me just connect you right away. Or I can, sh- you know, sh- take you right to their app. So it's, it's a cool way to do things in forward thinking. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. So you, um, say podcasting is the new blogging or website. And I totally agree with you, but talk to that for a little bit. Yeah. So a lot of people think that, you know, podcasting is really saturated 
And compared to pre-COVID, I suppose it kind of is. But last I knew, I think there's like 4 million podcasts, but only 10% of them, so 400,000 are actually active, like Mm -hmm. routinely publishing episodes. But compared to last I checked pre-COVID, 600 million blogs and then YouTube channels, I think, are around the same. So when you compare it to that, there's still a lot of room for, you know, growth and opportunity. Um, And it's, you know, people are getting busier and busier. If you're reading a blog or watching a YouTube video or whatever, that requires like dedicated attention, like your eyes. But when you're listening to a podcast, you could be driving, doing the dishes, whatever. Mm -hmm. And I think that's why it's becoming such a popular medium because people can get educated or entertained or whatever while they're doing other things. Mm-hmm. And so they they don't have to set aside, yeah. you know, separate time for it. Um, and then people tend to binge podcasts <laughs> and then they really get to know, like, and trust the, the host um because it's different listening to someone than to read you know yeah um so yeah that's why i think it's like the new blog as far as being the new website i still think you should have a website of course but um it is kind of a way and i encourage on your podcast to point people to your website yeah but so it's kind of more of a i guess transition launch pad it really is a launch pad Mm -hmm. and if you think of it one of the new things and and i'm i'm going to be doing this for all my social media sites as well as on my website is to have an opening welcome video and so this podcast is like your welcoming video you're telling a little bit about what you do and then that's enticing them to go to your website which we always tell you how to get there so I definitely mm-hmm. can see how it is that launch pad. And that's the way I think of social media too. Um, whenever I first started, I, I used to always teach that make sure that if you do Twitter, make sure Twitter talks about going to my Facebook or, or going to my website. If I'm on Facebook, make sure it talks about going to my website. If I, you know, everything mm-hmm. is directing you back to my website where they could get richer, more in-depth information. Mm-hmm. Yeah, or even like any social media posts or any kind of podcast call to action, mm-hmm. um, you know, leading to even like a lead magnet so that you can get their email and continue to like email yeah. them and get them familiar with you and your business. That's also a a good well, option. Yeah, that's you put on your website those free PDFs or whatnot, yeah. <laughs> free resources, and that gets your lead magnets. All right. So um, you have here something that I haven't done. So how to drop ship the advantages of affiliate marketing. So talk to me about that. Maybe it's just a different way of saying something that I already do, but what are you talking about when you say drop ship the advantages of affiliate marketing? Oh, that's two different things. Um, so drop shipping. So basically I, before I got into podcasting, I tried a whole bunch of different things mm-hmm. online and drop shipping is one of them. Um, and that's basically where you're kind of like the middleman between the customer and the wholesaler. 
to where, you know, like, for example, the website I had was for baby onesies. Oh, nice. <laughs> and so I used a wholesaler. Um, and so the onesies were maybe one or two bucks, but I would sell them for like 20. <laughs> and so basically I didn't have to keep an inventory or anything, but they would order through my website, say they'd pay the $20. It would deduct the $2 or whatever it was. Mm -hmm. And then I usually included free shipping for them, but then I'd have to pay for it. So I might make 10, $15 or something like that, but then it gets shipped, packaged and shipped from the wholesaler, which is usually, in my case, was like China. So the mm -hmm. delivery times took a long time. Yeah. Um. So, and people are so used to Amazon. So that's kind of one, that's why I got out of it was just because getting people to your website and to trust your website mm -hmm. when they could just go to Amazon yeah. uh, was kind of a challenge. Mm -hmm. <laughs> but it was interesting to learn about. And then- affiliate marketing is something I still do. Um, and I think if you're a blogger, YouTuber, podcaster, any of those, um, affiliate marketing is a great extra way to supplement or monetize because basically that's recommending mm -hmm. product services, software, that ideally that you use and, you know, recommend. I only, um, you know, link to or refer to products and services that I use. Um, but you'll get like a special link. If you sign up with the company, they usually have an affiliate sign up. You get a link. You can create a pretty link out of that. So it's easier to say on a podcast. Yeah. Um, and then if, so if someone clicks on that or say you create a pretty link and you say it on a podcast and they go to that site or that link, and then it redirects to the actual affiliate link and say they make a purchase, well, then you would get a commission mm -hmm. on that. Um, so it's in a way, it's kind of like... It's paid referrals. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's a referral. Um, and then like for podcasting, instead of sponsorship, I mean, you could do that too, but affiliate marketing is like getting paid on the back end and only if you make they make a sale where a sponsorship would be you get paid on the front end and there's no guarantee for them yeah. that they'll get anything out of that right right so i i used to work for ups so drop shipping is exactly how i thought it was and okay and and i came in when e-commerce was brand new way back then and mm -hmm. uh so that's when i was first exposed to drop shipping so you did an excellent way of describing that and i do affiliate marketing too it's mm -hmm. you know anytime i do a summit i give all of my speakers uh guest speakers an affiliate link so that they can get a commission and and um I have on my website, the guy who created my website, he has uh, an ad, if you will, and it has a link and that's an affiliate mm -hmm. link for me mm -hmm. to get something back if, if you click on that. So yeah, for sure. Anyway, to, ways to monetize, I guess we need to find. <laughs> um, what have you learned over this decade of being an entrepreneur? I, well, I've learned that 
And I thought it was just me, but it turns out it's most entrepreneurs that we have shiny object syndrome (laughs) where (laughs) we'll think of a new, new business idea, or we'll see a new software program or a new app or a new social media platform or, um, you know, whatever it might be and feel like we have to go test that and, you know, launch that and, I think that's why I tried so many different things throughout my journey. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just like you hear about something and you're like, oh, let me try that. That sounds interesting. Um, and I think that's okay to a certain degree, but at a certain point you have to figure out, you know, find your lane, your niche and stick to that. Cause if you're doing 10 different things, well, then each thing can only get 10% of your time, attention, and money. Um, But if you focus on one, I mean, like for me now, I have several different things that I focus on within podcasting, but it's all in the podcast space. Mm -hmm. So um, I think that that, that's okay if it all kind of goes together, Mm -hmm. but you know, like whether it's courses and then coaching and uh, podcast production, for example, things Mm -hmm. like that, but it's all in that same umbrella. Right. So you have a couple books and that we'll talk about shortly. Um, What, would your advice be regarding self-publishing over traditional and then there's hybrid too. So what would, what are your thoughts? I I did four books last year, so I have my Mm -hmm. opinion too. Yeah. So I've never gone the traditional hybrid route, but so I've self-published technically five books, but one was a kind of more of a journal. So four actual books and what I like about self-publishing is you have complete control you over the timing, the content, all of that. You can do it for free through Amazon. Um, you don't have to keep an inventory or anything. Like when someone orders, it, it's kind of like dropshipping, I guess. Mm-hmm. When someone orders on Amazon, Amazon then prints it up and sends it out. Um, and all that stuff but the main benefit I guess is that you can go on your own time schedule your own content plus whatever you have your book marked up for like other than the Amazon fees you would then make I think so there's like a flat fee they take out, which is like two bucks or something for a, a physical book. Well, it depends on how many pages. And then uh, I think then they take out 30% after that. But so you're still making, in, it depends on what you price your book, but you could be making five, $10 a book. Mm-hmm. Whereas traditional publishing, as I understand it, is you usually make it about a dollar a book after all is said and done because I guess so-and-so has to get paid and then so-and-so and so-and-so and and you're kind of like the last one the author is like the last one that gets paid um but also with traditional publishing first of all it's really hard to get I mean unless you're 
some well-known famous person already then it's going to be hard to even get a traditional deal first and foremost correct and then even if you do um the timeline on it i mean you could have the book finished and it still take 18 months to come out mm-hmm. uh which with any kind of nonfiction, i mean stuff changes so fast these days it seems like <laughs> by the time the book comes out it's almost irrelevant depending on the topic i guess but then also like they could totally control the content i mean you won't have as much creative control basically so yeah i definitely recommend self-publishing unless you're yeah i I went i went hybrid for Mm. all of mine and the reason they provide an editor Mm. again Mm -hmm. and um i was and i only did i was only a contributor um i'm working right now on my own book but i'm still going the hybrid route um but they created the cover they um, did uh, helped with the launch party, so all of mine are bestsellers, and um, and they didn't hardly change anything that I wrote, so that was nice. Mm-hmm. So uh, it, hybrid was, and again, whenever we talked to them, um, they did not recommend the traditional either. That you had to be like an Oprah to be able to get a traditional right. deal. So it was like a, no way. And, and, but as a contributor, I didn't make anything on that initial book. Now, if I bought the books for five bucks and um, sold them myself, then I'd get a hundred percent of whatever, you know, whatever I charge for them. So that's the only way that as a contributor to a collaborative book that you can make any money, but, but yeah, I think I will go the self or the, um, the traditional way because I, have too many things going on to do the self-publishing but uh, uh, mm-hmm. I know several authors that have done the self-publishing mm-hmm. yeah with self-publishing you do have to do your own cover you have to get your own editor you know all of that mm-hmm. so if you're like not a very dedicated or organizer too busy <laughs> or whatever like yeah you have to be pretty like like that's your focus for those three mm-hmm. months or whatever it might be. Um, yeah, because I think for a hybrid, it's about six grand for the the publishers that I work with. Oh, okay. To to do everything and okay. be done with it. So to me, that was was worth. It. Yeah. So I think. So okay, all my books are under a hundred pages. They're like eighty pages. They're really oh. quick reads. Um. And so the cover art plus the editing, I think on average per book, I spent maybe 200, 250, something like that. Yeah, that sounds about right. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Because I know um, that one group doesn't, you can use their editors or um, they have recommendations for some that, um, and they only charge a hundred bucks an edit job. Oh, not per hour or anything. They just charge a hundred bucks, but they said other people charge upwards of 200 or more for the job. And it depends on also how many pages, just as you were describing. Mm -hmm. So, Mm -hmm. so you do have to do your research. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. It takes more time in a way, I suppose. Yeah. 
And, and my, so I'm working on a collaborative book right now and um, it's going to be out in November. Mm-hmm. So three months generally is what it's been for all of the books that I did last. So that's how I could do four in a year. Mm-hmm. So those mm-hmm. are all things I think people need to consider. But as a podcaster, um, I do, as you saw, I do AI uh, transcripts of all my podcasts now. And mm-hmm. when I have really interesting guests, I always tell them, hey, I'm going to do collaborative books in 2024. And if I contact you, wouldn't, would you mind um, being in my book, I'm just going to give you the transcript and you can then add to mm-hmm. it or subtract from it, depending on how many words it is and be in my book. And mm-hmm. so it's a lot less stressful for you because I, and I think it's um, some brilliance comes out in these podcasts that you might not think when you're sitting down at your blank page trying to write. So um, mm-hmm. it's a great way to do that. Yeah. Yeah, that is. Um, I think that's becoming uh, a popular, uh, I don't know, category mm-hmm. of, yeah, collaboration books. Uh-huh. Yeah. Uh, and I, th- I find them interesting because it gives you not just one thought. Mm-hmm. Uh, it gives you a sort of a broad spectrum on a subject or many aspects of, you know, being a business owner, an entrepreneur, leadership, confidence, whatever that topic matter would be. Um, mm-hmm. So the, the um, last thing, we're running out of time, but the last thing is uh, what are some steps you took to create your podcast? Let's see. Okay, so it's kind of funny because I launched the podcast about four years ago and it was to coincide with my first book that I came out with called Frugalpreneur. So my first book was Frugalpreneur. The podcast is called Frugalpreneur. The plan was to just have the podcast as kind of like an extra marketing avenue. It was going to be like 10 episodes, Uh, but I got more leverage and traction with the podcast than the book. Um, I love the networking and connections I was making. And uh, so I've just continued it. And I mean, the first thing when starting a podcast is you have to have a podcast host uh, to host the files. You don't just, I, I think a lot of people think you upload the audio to directly to Apple, Spotify, mm-hmm. and 20 and 30 other platforms, but you actually have a host that you upload it to do the show notes, all that stuff. And then they, um, you know, deliver that basically to all the different platforms so you need that and usually that's maybe twenty dollars a month depending on who you go with um i use captivate i really like them but there's like buzzsprout libsyn Mm. several and then i recommend getting uh, a mic instead of like just yeah (laughs) Um, so what I have, and it's, I don't think they make it anymore. It's the ATR 2100. I think they make some other model now, but there's also the Samsung Q2U. Is that what you have? Okay. It is. I yeah, love, and, uh, I, it's a track pro, a track pro. Okay. Yeah. And the mic, these mics that I'm talking about are only like 60 or 80 bucks. Oh, I um, think mine, this one was a hundred something, but okay. it's good. Um, if I was across the desk from somebody 
it has mono oh. or dual so i can get the um two track oh down, okay so. mm -hmm. um yeah so i mean those are the the key things and of course um well the the mic that i use the ones i've referred to are mm -hmm. usb mics um and and that's you know i think as you're talking it's really important for people to understand you can start out with this mm -hmm. and then go to usb and if you're thinking you're really loving it um like the samsung then can change to be able to go into that i forget the name of the thing but the the control panel of whatever yeah yeah yeah, they come with the USB and the XLR or whatever that you can plug into the mm -hmm. other thing. <laughs> I, I can't remember the name oh, of it either, I, but I, I will after. Yeah, I know. After we're done, we'll both think, oh, dang, that's what that was. Yeah. Um, so really, that's all you need, like getting started. And then from there. Um, well, you, you see, you have headsets and I have just earbuds and I also yeah. or, um, uh, wired but I also have earbuds that I could use too. Yeah, either one works. The The key or the main reason to even do that is so that the sound isn't coming out of your computer and then getting picked up like an echo. Yeah. So, but yeah, the headphones, they could be the nicest headphones in the world or just earbuds. That part really doesn't matter because yeah. it doesn't affect your sound. It's just... Yeah, for podcasting, for sure. Mm-hmm. So we talked about your, your books. And so for my rapid fire, just real quickly, um, frugalpreneur, what's the main focus of that one? And then auto authorpreneur, what's the focus of that podcasterpreneur? And uh, just kind of share us with those main focuses for each of those books that you have and your new one. Yeah. So frugalpreneur, um, that's about how to manage market and monetize um actually let me because the the subtitles um tell you more yeah uh it's been a while since i've talked about that so frugalpreneur how to launch manage and market your online business for under 100 a month and that's basically talking about the different types of online business models and oh. how to run them on a budget and then authorpreneur how to self-publish self-publish and launch a book to build your business very good and then podcastpreneur how to how to produce promote and profit with a podcast and then my latest book is 27 ways to market and monetize a podcast perfect um, yeah and all of those are available um on amazon but in a few moments we're going to give you a, a um, way to get those even faster better so at that, let me share my screen so you can get the contact information. As always, I remind those that are just listening that you should have a pencil and paper from the very beginning to get all these great tips that Sarah shared with you. But if you didn't, go get it now because I'm going to give you the website. All right. So hopefully you grab that paper and pencil. If not, this information will be available on my YouTube channel as well as the show notes for my in my website and uh, this video will contain this slide. So her website is https colon forward slash forward slash www.thesarahstjohn.com. Again, thesarahstjohn.com. 
She is a wonderful person and gave you just one link that will take you to her media kit with all of her social media sites. So again, that is the sarahstjohn.com slash media dash kit. She has a podcast as mentioned, and you can get to that by going to www.frugal.show. Again, www.frugal.show. And I'll let Sarah talk to you about what will you find if you go to www.frugal.show. Sarah? Yeah, so that's actually the website for my podcast. Um, so you can like check out the episodes, reviews. Um, Definitely want to uh, check out your, your podcast for sure. Yeah, and then I give away... Um, some of the books that we had mentioned and some others at frugal.show forward slash free. And those are PDF downloads. Very good. And again, her new book, 27 ways to market and monetize a podcast, frugalpreneur, authorpreneur, and podcasterpreneur all on this slide. So you can remember all of her books. All right. Thank you so much for being such a wonderful guest. I knew that it would be interesting. You gave wonderful tips, great insights for people who are just thinking of starting a podcast or self-publishing um, or people that are already doing it and thinking, oh, wait, I'm spending too much money. <laughs> I should rethink this whole situation. So thank you again for being just a wonderful guest. Well, thanks for having me. I appreciate it. Yeah. And as always, I remind everyone that life is a journey and it's up to you to enjoy the ride. This is Vicki Nethling signing off. Thank you for tuning into the Find Your Leadership Confidence Podcast with Vicki Nethling, where we share impactful lessons that help you grow as an individual, grow your confidence, and find the positive and good within you so you powerfully and authentically become the best version of yourself. Remember to visit our website at www.findyourleadershipconfidence.com and enjoy even more great episodes like this one. Again, while you're here, subscribe to us via your favorite network. We look forward to seeing you next time on the Find Your Leadership Confidence Podcast.